0: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad. Well, the four year cycle of summer Olympic games is being broken. The Tokyo Olympics will not be held in 2020 postponed. Tricia Smith, president of the Canadian Olympic Committee says it's the right thing to do to try to curb and contain the virus. We'll
1: be uh, certainly meeting with our, our teams and deciding next steps, but right now uh, all of our athletes are, are preparing to be in lockdown to, um, to make sure that uh, working together we, uh, we manage this pandemic.
0: All right. Of course, uh, on the weekend, Canada announced that it would not send athletes to the Olympics if they were held in 2020. The first nation to do so, Australia, then followed suit. We had a couple of uh, local Olympians on the show last night. Angela White, who uh, competes in hurdles and is also going for it in heptathlon, she was hoping to qualify for the Olympics for the fourth time in her career. And wheelchair basketball player Aaron Young, who's uh, back home in Legale, Alberta, after attending the university. University of Alabama Alabama. she told the story how she had to leave school and come back home and is finishing some classes online she was going to compete in the Paralympics for the second time the Canadian women's wheelchair basketball team a powerhouse on the world stage so uh, that is pushed back for her as well so the impact continues from the coronavirus the Western Hockey League the CHL the QMJHL all shutting down their playoffs there will be no Memorial Cup Kurt Hill from the Oil Kings will join us he's the general manager of the team he'll join us after the 6 news we'll kick it off tonight with our weekly guest during well i was going to say during the hockey season kelly though i, I guess we've now proven you will continue to be our week our uh, our weekly guest even when we're not in hockey season but uh, thanks for checking in tonight how are things Ben?
2: we're doing okay reed i uh it's interesting how we all have to uh band together a little bit and maybe use a little bit of humor from time to time so i'll tell you a story from uh last friday my uh i'm talking to my mom trying to talk to her as often as possible and she tells me and your brother kind of got mad at me today and i go okay well why is that mom and uh, she goes well I've been wondering if maybe somebody can take me over to the uh, place to get my hair done. My hair is getting a little bit long. And my brother, I guess, in a joking kind of way, said, Mom, please, stay home. You're 82 years old. If your hair is a little out of control, I'll bring over a ball cap for you. You can wear that around your condo. So... (laughs) That's sort of where everybody is, uh, you know. It's uh, every week we have this conversation, reading it gets scarier and scarier. And so, I hope at one point, one of these conversations we have, even before hockey comes back, that we're going to be uh, a little bit more optimistic.
0: I look forward to that day. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, I think if this were a hockey game, what we're facing here, we're we're still in the early stages of the first period, and yeah. we see events being canceled or postponed. That are weeks or months away, Kelly. Let, let's start with the with the news that the Memorial Cup is is not going to be contested. I said on the show last night. The last time the Memorial Cup wasn't handed out was 1918, and that's because the tournament didn't mm-hmm. exist then. So, yep. uh, I mean, you you obviously played in the Western Hockey League. You know what it means to uh, to go after your league title and then the national title. And uh, looking two months ahead, here they decided they just can't hold that tournament.
2: Well, first of all, the thing that comes to mind is that. You know, they needed to do that. That's very, very important. And uh, I think that we have to uh, uh, err on the side of caution, and clearly that's what they're doing. And I think that it's a tournament that for most of us Canadians, uh, it's a very important tournament. So that's very disappointing for those players that might be in their last year of uh, junior eligibility and might not have an opportunity to, uh, or won't have the opportunity to contend for a championship. Uh, and so I feel badly for those guys, but uh, the right thing, right decision was made. Um, you know, and I also think that uh, the idea that it's not going to go back to Kelowna next or yeah next year uh, is a great idea because Kelowna they've invested a lot of uh, players and a lot of resources in trying to ensure that uh, because they were going to host this year that it was going to be a, a good tournament for them. And uh, and so I'm sure they're. Cupboards were going to be a little bit bare moving forward here. So next opportunity, I think that it's going to come back to the west. Hopefully Kelowna gets a shot at it again.
0: Olympics. Uh, I mean, like I said, I, I had a couple uh, Alberta athletes on last night. One from Edmonton, front. One from the about the Canadian decision. And I think we kind of knew this was coming from uh, from the IOC. We didn't know when. Mm-hmm. I, I think Dick Pound said probably within four weeks. Well, it happens within a couple of days of Canada calling it off. Your, uh, I mean, when you were in the NHL, Kelly, players were NHL players were not going to uh, the Winter Olympics. I'm going to try and remember here off the top of my head. I believe you represented Canada twice. I know for sure about the 1987 Canada Cup. And I believe you also went to Worlds. Yes. I want to say 86.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's quite the memory, Reed. So 86, I was in Moscow representing the country. And uh, for family reasons, I must say I did turn it down a couple of other times. And I don't regret it. I know that... uh, uh you can take a lot of heat for that but uh, my family was very very young and after a really busy and hectic season i felt the best thing to do was to be around my uh, young girl and so i chose not to uh, represent the country and, and having said that there are other good players that could take my spot easily so um but uh, it, yeah it's very disappointing for those uh, athletes that have trained so hard and they have their eye on this target, and uh, then the pandemic happens, and I'm sure most of them didn't need the IOC to, to tell them that it was going to be cancelled, that they must have had a pretty good idea, uh, considering what's going on around the world. But uh, they'll get an opportunity next year. I'm disappointed just as a sports fan, because watching the Olympics, whether it's the uh, winter or the summer, it's one of my favourite pastimes uh, every two years. And so, uh, you know, I'm glued to the TV, and, and I watch a lot of different... Uh, competitions or sports that I wouldn't normally be all that interested in, and so uh, it, it's you know a sport like gymnastics I don't have any history with it and, and so on. But I really appreciate uh, how difficult that sport is, and uh, that grabs my attention. So uh, you know we're going to miss it, but they're doing the right thing. Now on the other hand of that, maybe one of the bright lights for this uh, postponing the Olympics is that there might be an opportunity that the nhl can come back and i I know that's coming from a guy with seems same stories look at things optimistically but uh, from what i heard was if in fact the olympics were to have continued on the nhl had no interest in competing against that tv market which makes lots of sense so now that that's been postponed perhaps we might Slim chance has some NHL hockey again uh, before next fall. W-
0: when you went to Worlds in in uh, in the Soviet Union, h- how did you find that uh, experience? I mean, there's always, especially in in the 1980s, that was that was Cold War era. Plus, yep. there was the hockey rivalry between the two countries. On top of that,
2: oh wow, it was uh, life changing. It really was, Reed. So, uh, for a number of different reasons, it was awfully difficult to get into the country. Um, uh if i remember correctly they even x-rayed the heels of my shoes um not sure why i understand they did the same thing leaving and i understand that just to make sure that uh, we weren't smuggling anything of any importance out of our out of their country any artifacts or something but uh and and then we were forewarned um you know, that there are going to be a lot of uh, so-called translators that's what they called them but we were told by the Canadian government uh, because of the Cold War and still still the Soviet Union, that those translators are actually KGB, and they're going to try and get you to participate in illegal activities so that they can somehow blackmail you or extort money or uh, the Canadian Hockey Association, something like that. They they had all these different uh, reasons, whether it's like uh, KGB funded thing and or just individual kgb agents just trying to get some free cash out of these uh, foreigners so things like they try and get us involved in the black market and take us to these other places and do some weird things so uh luckily none of us were naive enough to get involved in any of that um the hockey was terrific such a great rivalry by the way at that time reed i was under the impression that the Stanley Cup was by far the biggest uh, uh, hockey tournament around. Uh, Much to my surprise, I couldn't believe the media attention that the World Championships uh, received. It was was enormous. It was more than anything that I had ever experienced. And keep in mind, I was uh, with the Islanders when they lost to Edmonton for Edmonton's first Stanley Cup. So I experienced the Stanley Cup final uh, and all that goes with that, and to see the World Championships blew my mind. It was really cool, and then lastly, what I remember most about it, I by the way, our daughter I think was three weeks old when I left, and so I, I left with a heavy heart. It was the right decision to do uh, for hockey because it was going to give me a great experience, and Bill Torrey explained that to me, but I didn't really want to be there after you know a few days because I was <coughs> missing being a dad, and and so on. So I played horribly. Like, I was I was terrible. I was the weak link on the team. And going into the uh, bronze medal game, uh, the coach, Pat Quinn, made a really smart decision. He, he played uh, uh, the other goaltender because I was so bad. And uh, so Jacques Lucci got a chance, and he, he played great. We won a bronze medal. Um, but the thing that really stands out most to me, Reed, is that I think it was four days before... Uh, we're the tournament was ending. We had to be out of the country before their May Day parade. And uh, I'm out on the street in downtown Moscow. Just a beautiful day. Sun's out. It's nice. It must have been about 70-some degrees. And and there's no wind whatsoever. And literally, a windstorm comes blowing through the streets. And I I, I can't remember... How hard the wind was blowing, but it seemed it must have been about 40 50 kilometers an hour it was the oddest thing it lasted only for 10 15 minutes and then i get home and i land in new york city and i find out a few hours later about chernobyl and and that was the scariest thing i don't know if it was related but to me it seems like the, the freakish thing ever to happen and and to me uh, and I'm not a scientist, but it has to be related or, or something because that was the oddest thing I've ever experienced in my life.
0: Wow, that's uh, that's amazing. I didn't realize you were there when that when that happened. I don't think we've ever talked about that before. And I I, I didn't realize. I, I'm not surprised you were supervised by these translators slash right. agents, but I but they actually went so far as to try to bait you into doing bad stuff. So you basically just had to. And I, and I assume you tried as teammates never to be by yourself or in a small group, like always kind of have strengths yeah. in numbers for that reason and for solid decision-making and all that kind of stuff?
2: And and then they somehow extorted money uh, from uh, the Hockey Association. It was uh, Canadian Hockey, I think that's what it was called. not hockey, It wasn't Hockey Canada back then. It, the name doesn't matter anyways. But we we're, were held up at the airport for a long, long time because Uh, the people, whether it's their customs or whomever, it doesn't matter, but they wouldn't load our hockey equipment until they got a cash payment of some certain amount. I can't remember. Alan Eagleson was on the trip and he was the the money guy. But I, I recall hearing the stories about it was pretty significant money. So they were not, uh, allowing us basically to leave with our, our luggage and our personal effects and our hockey gear. Until they somehow got some money from the organization, so it was a really messed up place at the time, and and uh, so, but it was really cool and really unique to, to experience.
0: That's incredible, Kelly. Man, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to go down that road uh, again here as we keep talking. Uh, before we let you go, what have you been uh, watching? Have you stumbled on any old games? Or is there a oh. Kelly? Has anybody started a Kelly Rudy highlight channel?
2: <laughs> uh no they haven't but it, it's been kind of fun in that sense like i have been uh watching a lot of hockey including my wife and i watched uh last night the uh 93 game six versus toronto uh that was kind of fun to go back and watch some of the, the battles and uh not only between the two teams but some of the personal battles that i'd sort of forgotten about and uh, I see tonight there's a game on, There's I think they're also they're going to play that Game 6 replay one more time. But right after that, there's a game that I'm really looking forward to watching. It's the Game 7 in 94 between Vancouver and uh, and Calgary. So I, I'm going to have my eyes on that one. And so uh, somehow I'm getting a bit of a hockey hockey fix here, and I'm kind of enjoying it.
0: So you're okay? You're comfortable watching games you participated in? It doesn't like make you feel uh, weird or anything
2: because I hesitate because I usually am, but uh, you know you know I'm pretty hard on myself, so uh I beat myself up even now if like like last night, for instance, I'm watching the game and we had a pretty comfortable four two lead it seemed in the third period, and of course, I know what's gonna happen. Wendell Clark is gonna score two more goals on me in the third and tie it up and and it you still get an awkward feeling like oh it's it's hard to explain but and i knew the outcome it was going to be a good one for us but still it, 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 nobody gets a lot of joy of watching themselves fail
0: <laughs> that's a good way to put it <laughs> kelly <laughs> thanks for checking in uh we'll talk to you again next week uh stay safe stay away from people i can't believe that's how yes. i'm signing off for, with the guest yep. stay away from people and uh, we'll talk to you next week buddy Okay, thanks, Reid. Take care, bud. That is former NHL goaltender Kelly Rudy, now a broadcaster with the NHL on Rogers, joins us once a week here on Inside Sports. Hey, thanks for tuning in tonight. Great stories from Kelly about some memories of the 1986 World Hockey Championships. I am happy to hear from you. The open line number is seven eight zero four nine six is also the number to text. I hope you're doing well. I know the routine has changed for pretty much uh, everybody. If you uh, just need someone to talk to, want to uh, want to converse with somebody, I'm here for you until eight o'clock. And we'll also get to Kurt Hill tonight, the Edmonton Oil Kings general manager. And this will be fun to catch up with Bryant Mitchell, the former Edmonton Eskimo, just signed a new contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> It's been off season business as usual for the National Football League, the Carolina Panthers making big news at quarterback. The Carolina Panthers made it official Tuesday, releasing quarterback Cam Newton, who played nine seasons with them. Newton was the number one overall pick in the 2011 draft, and during his stay in Carolina, he threw 182 touchdown passes. He was the NFL's most valuable player during the 2015 season, leading his team to the Super Bowl before losing to Denver. Over the last few years, however, Newton has dealt with various injuries, and he's coming off surgery to repair his foot. He and his agents say he's healthy now, and will look to sign with another team. I'm David Schuster. Kellen, I have a question for you. When I say the name Newton, what's the first thing that comes into your head? Cam Fig. or the little creature from Hercules? The, the, oh. The, 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 sorry, not the little creature. The little creature was Toot. Yeah. Uh, the centaur from Hercules. Was that not Newton? No, Are was... you ready, Herc? Are you <laughs> ready?
3: I'll say it twice,
0: Herc. Say it twice.
3: I was gonna say fig because I like the little bars that you can buy the fig Newton bars, but anyway. Oh, you think of
0: fig Newton first? Fig Newtons word association with Newton. See, I think I still think of the Centaur because I used to I used to watch the. That was a good cartoon. That was a really classic. Remember he he had the the ring that made him more powerful. Yeah. So he'd get into a fight and he'd be getting beat up and then he would put the ring on. But why wouldn't he just put the ring on as soon as he got into the fight? Like rising why tension. Why take all the damage to begin with? It's telling a good story. It's rising tension. <laughs> Kurt Hill from the Oil Kings. He's their general manager when we get back. Inside Sports on 630 Chad. My name is Reed Wilkins. Really appreciate uh, that you're coming along for the ride. The 2020 Olympics will not be held in 2020. The Tokyo Olympics, the Paralympic Games postponed until next year because of the pandemic. Two time Olympic trampoline champion, Rosie McClellan. Knows that this was a difficult decision for the host country, Japan, to make. I
1: know it's not an easy decision, and the process is incredibly complex, but I do think it does give an incredible opportunity for the Olympic Games to be a story of the world coming together and overcoming this virus.
0: All right, so no Olympics this year, uh, no Memorial Cup. A lot of seasons, including the NHL, have been placed on pause. The uh, major junior hockey season and the Memorial Cup have been canceled Uh, we've seen events like the masters postponed the uh, Boston Marathon Uh, they're going to try to do that in the fall same with the Kentucky Derby they're going to try to do that in the fall it's uh, it's a tough time for uh, for a lot of athletes a lot of coaches and a lot of general managers as well and Kurt Hill is the general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings Kurt how are you doing sir
1: Hey Reed, just uh, getting used to the different uh, lifestyle that's going on right now, but uh, doing okay.
0: Yeah, pretty pretty different uh, are, are you have you been able to hang around town or uh, what's your routine become here?
1: Yeah, no, no, I'm I'm here hanging around town, primarily working from home, and uh, I got my little guy here and my wife working from home as well, so lots of uh, family time.
0: Yeah, for sure, for for sure. Well, we, we wish it was uh, hockey. Uh, I mean, your record 12 and, and ten. I, I guess we kind of do a little bit of season reflection here, Kurt, since it's been uh, called off. The expectations were high for the Oil Kings, and uh, I I got to look at that record and say, well. Like good for you guys, Kurt. Like you lived up to them. How how do you feel about that? Yeah,
1: no, I mean I think uh, you know when you look back on the year, it was a good year for us, and we were we were happy with the way thing we were playing. I thought we had a bit of a with a good start. We had a bit of a down month in November and had some player personnel issues we had to get through. And then you know the second half of the the year, once we got back from Christmas, we were playing some really good hockey, balancing back whenever we we seemed to lose a game. And and uh, yeah, the, we were trending upwards heading into the playoffs for sure
0: um the, the the player personnel uh I- issues can you just talk a little bit about how you handled those how brad and the guys themselves were able to uh, handle those i know you had to make some trades you had some injuries you had an important player who uh kind of was at a crossroads in his life and, and decided to go elsewhere so how did it how did you juggle all that
1: yeah you know i think it was every situation was different but uh with, uh, with connor obviously as you mentioned there was a crossroad there and had to do a little bit of an outlook on life we were able to uh find a deal that worked for both clubs and at the end of the day we got some accumulated some really good assets in that and getting a first round pick of course for next year's draft and a third round pick um a few more years down the road so um two two really good assets that uh, where we could get a good player in the draft or we could uh, potentially use them um to make a move in the future and then with uh the goaltending situation with Todd Scott and, uh, you know, him kind of, uh, you know, losing out on his his job here as a starter and wanting to go and play back in the United States. We were able to get the deal done for, uh, for Beck warm with Tri-Cities right in, right at the new year there. And, uh, you know, Beck came in and, and was fantastic and Costa played fantastic all season too. We had one of the best one, two punches in net, I would say in the whole Western hockey league. And, you know, Costa got a great opportunity to learn from one of the best veterans in the Western league the last couple of seasons. So, uh, yeah we i felt like the situations were managed well and uh, yeah we uh definitely brought in some great character
0: yeah for sure how how did you feel going into the final the 10 or so games of the regular season how did you we always talk about peaking for the playoffs how did you feel along those lines
1: yeah you know i thought at the end of february we were playing we we're playing really good hockey and um the first our last uh, week there i thought we just ran and we ran out of a little bit of gas we played so many games we had a I know, the first two weeks of february we only played like three games and then we had a stretch where we played you know quickly played like nine games in, you know whatever it was 14 nights and we ran ground of gas a little bit and spokane came in here and we had a tough night against them but then rebounded against swift and then went into medicine and lost but you know other than that you know that those last three games were just okay but uh, other than that i thought we were playing some really good hockey and um you know like i said we were trending in the right direction for the playoffs and i know the guys were with where we were in the standings we, were, we had a big lead on some teams you know i think they were really chomping at the bit when you get to that point they're chomping at the bit to get into the playoffs and get things going
0: what kind of uh interaction have you had with some of your players and and i guess specifically some of the ones uh, that that might not be back because of, of, of age or other opportunities they might have next year?
1: Yeah, I know I've kind of communicated with the entire team and, uh, you know, I got an opportunity to speak with the 320-year-old players and uh, let them know how much we appreciate what they did for us as an organization. I mean, those guys were guys that were drafted into the organization and grew up here and played here for four or five years these were guys that had done that within other organizations and we brought them in here and you know had high expectations for them and targeted them primarily because they were they were high-end people and you know we really thought that they would add to the character to our room and continue to help our group grow and mature with some of the younger players that we do have we felt we surrounded them with good people and i can't say enough about what they what they did for our group this year, and um, I think they're going to leave a lasting impression on majority of our players that are returning next year.
0: Yeah, well, uh, well said. How, how's your head coach uh, Brad Lauer getting through this? Uh, I mean, he's had an exceptional run here in, in his two seasons as the Oil Kings bench boss.
1: Yeah, well, obviously for coaches, I mean, they're they were they're just like players; they were looking forward to the playoffs, looking forward to the next game. And it's kind of uh, it's difficult when it just all comes to a halt. But uh, you know, and they're quick to you know start planning for the for the future and thinking about things in the system they want to change and you know i think right now um from their standpoint we have to talk to all the players and kind of do our exit meetings still because we didn't really have a great opportunity to do that so i think that's kind of next on the list and you know starting to talk about the players with what the expectation is this summer and what the expectation is when they come back to camp in august
0: tell us a little bit about what's uh happening with the western hockey league in terms of how this might affect the import draft uh, the bantam draft and some of the off-season milestones that we usually expect to hit in the spring
1: yeah you know well as of the next event is tomorrow we got the, the draft lottery that takes place tomorrow morning at 11 and then we got the u.s draft at uh, 2 p.m so those haven't been affected um those are going to go forward tomorrow and then with the actual regular bantam draft i know they've moved the date of that it was supposed to be may 7th and that's usually um the awards and the bantam draft are the 6th and 7th of may but they obviously with where we're at right now they've moved that to online so we're going to be doing the draft online and um on the 27th april so a little bit of a change up there um the group is going to as a scouting staff, it's been a little bit of a change because all the camps where you would go watch the kids play at the end of the year, they're all canceled as well. So, um, you know, you're going to be relying on a lot of the due diligence you did throughout the season um, for the Bantam draft. But, uh, you know, I haven't heard much about the import draft yet, but I'm sure it's going to probably a lot of that will depend on when the NHL draft ends up happening. And um, other than that, I think it'll be pretty much business as usual
0: uh well i i i like kurt i I mean i've known you for a couple years now and i know you're very calm and mature but i love how you just say well it's business as usual i guess you gotta roll with it right i mean there's there's no there's no playbook for this this uh hasn't happened before uh in our lifetimes and it it may never happen again going through something like this so i guess you're just kind of ready for whatever email or phone call you might get at any point in the day
1: yeah i mean it's right now you don't really know what's going to happen
0: i mean it's uh still
1: kind of bitter news when you when we got shut down the other day um, you know you feel i feel a lot for the players and they put in they had such an exceptional season and they put in so much work and you know we our organization has a high standard here and the, the expectations are high for the players especially with the kind of team we had this year so for them not to be able to see it out is is definitely tough, and, you know, I feel for those guys, but uh, totally understand and support the league's decision with um, where things are at, obviously, with people's health and safety. But, uh, yeah, to say it's not, obviously, a tough pill to swallow and tough to see the guys go through is uh, definitely on the other side of the fence, too.
0: Was there a point, and I I know the announcement was made uh, yesterday, was there a point in your mind where you kind of thought, oh, man, I think we're, we're heading this way, even though we used the word pause to begin with?
1: yeah i think as things kind of progressed you know I, I there was i know they were trying to move the day of the memorial cup and, and i mean if that could have got pushed out a little bit further maybe they look at it and give it a few more weeks or a month to see what happens but really when they weren't able to move that more any deeper into the summer it was uh you know you probably knew once they're going to cancel the memorial cup it's going to be you know it's probably going to fall that the league playoffs are going to be canceled after that after that as well so i guess for the players too i mean they got um the deeper you go, I mean, they got they got to move on and with their lives as well. And there's a lot there's a lot that goes into it with these kids in their high school and moving away from home. You know, the bill of families and even the graduating players, as we talked about, those guys getting set up for pro hockey potentially next year, or even getting set up and and going and playing for a Canadian university somewhere. So there's there's a little bit more logistics, I think, that take place on. At our level, maybe the NHL is a little different as they're professionals, you know, and they're getting paid to play the game. But, uh, you know, with the kids, it's, a, it's um, a little bit different from the logistical standpoint on a lot of things that need to be put together for them.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, uh Kurt, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I've said this to pretty much every guest over the last week and a half. I I wish it were under better circumstances, but uh, you guys have always been great, whether it's you or Brad. uh, Several of your players have been on the show or even in studio over the last couple of years, so that's been awesome to highlight their personalities as well as what type of players they are. They represent the team well. They represent Edmonton well, and uh, I hope we're back to talking about uh, games in the fall, buddy. Thank you so much for coming on. No, always appreciate you having me. Thanks Reed. That is Kurt Hill, the general manager of uh, your Edmonton Oil Kings. Great season cut short, forty two, twelve, and ten. their record WHL playoffs canceled Memorial Cup cancelled as well this portion of inside sports presented by furnace family experience the furnace family difference your furnace replacement specialist with over 500 five-star google reviews call 7804 family or visit the dot the nhl general managers had a conference call today they were asked for arena availability dates for august and there, there's so much uncertainty and and gary bettman and everybody with the nhl has been very clear that this is not the nhl's decision It's not any sports league's decision as to when the games resume and when fans can go back to the arenas, but they're preparing for anything and and everything, trying to map out as many contingencies as possible. So perhaps uh, some sort of resumption in August, if it came to that, and maybe an abbreviated playoffs. I've said this numerous times, Kellen, that I think if somehow there are playoffs... And then maybe a new season in the fall, uh, that the playoffs would probably be best of five. Or, or maybe the first two rounds would be shorter and you might try to do best of seven for the Stanley Cup final and the conference finals. But I, 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 it's, it's difficult for me to see that if we're talking about the playoffs that's, that start in August, that they would do two months worth of playoffs to take you to the end of September and then have a bit of a break and then have to do all the off season stuff and then try to start us another season. Now Mm. maybe, maybe they do an abbreviated regular season next year, right? Maybe they do some playoffs in the late summer and the fall, and, uh, and, I, and I still think that we, we have no idea if this scenario is even going to be possible because we're still in the very early stages of dealing with this pandemic. So we're, we're not sure how the timeline is going to work. There's different countries, players of different nationalities involved. That's, that's another thing to remember. It, it, hopefully in Canada, we're going to manage this thing very well. And, and we're still at the beginning. But the NHL has players from all over the world. Can those players safely come back here and play and integrate into their teams and, and into our society if we've become relatively healthy over the course of this? If things aren't going well, say, in the United States in the fall, can is it going to be safe or proper for Canadian teams to go play games in the United States and, and then come back? There, there are just so many questions, and, and that's why it's going to be the health officials determining this and, and not the National Hockey League itself. But... They, uh, they have asked for arena dates for August if it comes to that. It is, is the number to call or text. We're back after the break. Mr. Dave, celebrating a birthday today. Wanted to hear Animal by Def Leppard. Happy birthday, Dave. We'd never have an issue playing Def Leppard on this show. I didn't think so. Thanks for listening, Dave. 780-496-0063 is the number to call or text. So we had uh, we had the story about Cam Newton being released by the Carolina Panthers and I asked you, Kellen, when I say Newton, do you think of Cam Newton or Newton the centaur from Hercules? I've right. had a couple people text in and say that the centaur in Hercules was not named Newton. He was named Newt. Oh, okay. I can assure you, you are 100% incorrect. The centaur's name was Newton. Was Newt just a Newt nickname? Was the little gr- Newt was the little girl in Aliens. Oh, yes. Okay. The, 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 the half-man, half-horse creature with the high voice from the Hercules cartoon was 100% Newton. Right. Glad we got that clarified. And then also some people texted in about what they think of when they hear the word Newton. Uh, asks Fan Glennie agreeing with you, Kellen. He thinks of fig. Yep. They're delicious. love fig Newton. Wayne and Spruce Grove said Isaac.
3: He was a very smart man.
0: And Cowtown Bob says uh, Juice. Juice Ooh. Newton. And he'd like to hear Queen of Hearts at some point tonight.
3: Gotcha. We now, can do
0: we, oh we could definitely do that. We'll do
3: that, for yeah, sure.
0: We we can get that in before we go home this evening. So uh that's Thank part, you for that. I, all I know
3: about Juice Newton was it was part of my mom and dad's record collection growing back. And uh, oh, excellent! I'm sure it,
0: they still have it. I'm sure they still have it. Indeed. Maybe you can uh, dig. That's that was and play just a weird tonight. name for an artist. You Juice should dig Newton. it out and play it tonight. Sure. When you get oh, you're getting home a little late. How late are you working, by the way?
3: <laughs> uh, until ten o'clock, and then I'm out of here. Oh,
0: so. what time are you still starting at two? Yeah. Right. And yeah. your job, you cannot do it from home. I don't think so. I don't think you could do it from home. I don't home. think I, I Well, I've, they'd have to set up a really crazy remote system. Exactly, yeah. So You no, could have about to wrestling from home, which is kind of part of your job. Yes. But in terms of being the studio operator, that would be difficult to do from Absolutely, home. Absolutely. Studio yeah. operator implies you need to be in, in studio. In the studio. One yes. guy uh, whose job is to be a uh, play-by-play announcer. He does football, does baseball, does golf you know the voice very well, is Joe Buck from Fox in the United States. Kellen, I don't know if you've seen this. On his Twitter account, he has been taking videos of, I mean, he did play-by-play of a guy barbecuing wings. So you can post a wing to Joe Buck, or not a wing, a video to Joe Buck, and he'll do play-by-play. Now, I will ask you this, Kellen, this is not a new video, I saw this probably a couple of years ago. Okay, but it's one of those social media things. It it kind you know it comes back to life every year or two and starts making the rounds again. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the marble race video? I have. Yes. Okay. So if you folks, if you have seen this, you'll know what I'm talking about. If not, look up marble race. Go to Joe Buck's Twitter account. It is just at Buck. So what it is is it's a bunch of marbles, probably a couple dozen, and somebody dug. You know, made a made a track, a race track for the marbles through sand. And it's very kind of interesting to watch because it looks like they're actually trying to race each other, even though they're just obeying gravity, speaking of Isaac Newton and, and rolling and following the track. So Joe Buck, did play-by-play of the marble race.
3: All right, how can you do uh, some sort of odd sporting event or call from your desk and not do the great marble race? So uh, I'm going to start the video now, and uh, off they go. Amazing how they got out of the gate, and you would have to think that if these marbles are all weighted the same, that uh, whichever one gets out in front will likely be the winner. As I look at uh, how much time is left in this race, just under a full two minutes. As that turquoise ball, looks like an eyeball just plucked right out of the socket of uh, Cameron Diaz, is rolling its way down this track. Uh, who has the kind of time to build this track? That's the most impressive part to me, not just watching this mesmerizing video of these balls. It looks like the turquoise race from beginning till end. Around and around the bends. although it looks like there could be a little bit up. Nope, back out in front, pulling away. And having no issues, staying out in front of that darker blue ball right behind it. I uh, even took the uh, road less traveled there, out to the right, but still stays out in front. And now, how much time is left? My God, there's another minute of this. Is the turquoise ball ever going to be caught? That's the question. It's getting tighter. It looks like a four marble. Ra- oh, we've had a we've had an accident, and now the turquoise ball is behind the turquoise ball. The little ball that could is now trailing in third place as uh, now we've had a lead up, lead change up at the top as the uh, more reddish ball is out in front. Look at the turquoise ball, though, just will not give up. Round and around these curves they go, and this turquoise ball now is running fourth, now is running third and making a move making a move and following the same path as the two in front now in second and trying to get now back out in front the turquoise ball unbelievable there's only a little ways to go left in this race the turquoise ball not to be denied on this day in this sand during this pandemic and while we're all in quarantine, it's now all turquoise ball just laughing at the competition. If this was Marshawn Lynch, the turquoise ball would be backward and jumping into the end zone. Turquoise ball in an absolute runaway. That Amazing.
0: is Joe Buck from Fox Sports doing the marble race on his Twitter account. Oh, That was pretty good. That wasn't bad. If that Major League Baseball and NFL thing doesn't work out for him. He can always go to the Marble Race League. Former Eskimo receiver, now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Bryant Mitchell coming up.
3: 630 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.
0: For most of us,
2: crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does.